Hi everyone, thank you for joining the first podcast of Tell Me About History. This, um, I think is going to be a really fun series of kind of talks that me and my mom have uh, about history. Thank you for joining. Thank you. I'm Charlotta, and Isaiah, it's so fun to be on this podcast with you, hearing you tell me stories about history. Thank you. It should be really fun. Okay, so today we really wanted to talk about uh, Hungary. And that might seem like a small, insignificant country. I see it here on the map. Yeah. It looks like it's kind of in the middle to the east part of Europe, surrounded by quite a lot of different countries. Like, how many? Five different countries bordered? Well, directly to the north, there's Slovakia. And then to the west is Austria and Slovenia. To the south is Croatia and Serbia. And to the west... Or to the east, I'm sorry, is Ukraine and Romania. Wow. Romania has not always been the best of friends with Hungary, uh, but we can talk about that later. Some context to how they first came in Europe. Well, let's talk about Germany and France first, and you'll see how that gets intertwined. Germany and France, uh, after the death of Charlemagne, had been broken, and they would really never be joined officially into one country again. Uh, there was also another kingdom in the middle that uh, was made of Italy and what's today Lorraine and parts of Germany. Uh, but that soon fell because it was not very well put together. Germany, on the other hand, or the equivalent of Germany in the Middle Ages, was, survived, but was attacked by these tribes of people called the Magyars, which eventually would become the Hungarians. Hmm. And Where did they come from? Uh, a lot of people don't know for sure, but we, it sounds like they probably came from Asia somewhere mm. around the steppe region, which is kind of interesting because that's where a ton of people have come from, uh, like the Slavs. Anyway, so they attacked Germany for a w- long time until finally a strong king called Otto was able to beat them back and make the Holy Roman Empire um, and he was a pretty great ruler and made Germany pretty strong. Um, but once they had pushed the Hungarians out of what's modern-day Germany and part of Austria, the Hungarians settled down in the Danube Basin, uh, which is mostly modern-day Hungary. Eventually, though, their kingdom would encompass what's Transylvania, which is part of uh, Western Romania, uh, part of Ukraine today part of Slovakia, part of Austria, and Serbia, and a few other uh, countries like Croatia and Slovenia. And it would grow and shrink depending uh, what enemies they had to fight. Anyway, uh, they became a pretty powerful and well-respected kingdom. And they were actually the richest country in Europe for a while. Wow. Yeah. What what made them so wealthy, do you know? Uh, Well, I think... Since a lot of their country is made up of plains, they had a lot of agriculture, and I believe that's what made them super wealthy, mm-hmm. but uh, it, I'm not exactly sure mm-hmm. why. Mm-hmm. They actually, their official language was Latin after they were Christianized, mm-hmm. which wasn't really by force, but around that time, a lot of countries in Europe wanted to become Christian so that they could be recognized as a civilized country. Yeah, and so they were pretty powerful for a long time they helped tried to keep the byzantines around uh in the 1400s but they weren't able to 
uh, the Ottomans, which were a growing power around that time, and which were actually started by... So, the person who started the Ottoman Empire is called Osman or Ottoman, uh, depending how you like to say his name. And he was an interesting person because he wasn't necessarily uh, Muslim, but the empire eventually did become Muslim. Anyway, th that's kind of besides the point. Uh, the Ottoman Empire moved up north past uh, what's modern-day Istanbul before they would take it uh, in the year 1453. Anyway, they began to subjugate Bulgaria, Serbia, and then moved up to what's Hungary. At that time, Hungary actually controlled Belgrade, which is now the capital of Serbia, and there were several sieges. It took a while, but they actually eventually were subjugated until... Uh, the Hungarians the, were subjugated to yeah, the to Ottoman. the Ottomans, mm -hmm. and um, they still kept a lot of their land. And then um, the weakening of the Ottoman Empire slowly happened, and that's mostly because they weren't able to administrate their empire very well. And of course, the Balkans is mostly Christian, so they had a ton of rebellions, and they always had to try to keep it that in check. And then plus, they didn't uh, advance their weaponry in a very good way. In the beginning, they had a lot of good tactics that they had kind of inherited from their Turkish past and the Mongols. Mm -hmm. But those only were relevant for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. So when they became outdated, they weren't really able to improve. They didn't innovate new They didn't really, yeah. Weapons and... They did, but they okay. didn't do it fast enough. I see. So... That's part of the reason that they didn't participate in, uh, for instance, the Thirty Years' War, I believe. And then after that, Austria attacked and took over the Kingdom of Hungary, which um, is a lot bigger than Hungary today. Mm -hmm. And after that, they just started losing more and more land to uh, Austria. And then... Uh, they kind of fade out of the Hungarian scene. Then, for a long time, Hungary was just ruled directly by Austria. But in 1848, the Hungarians revolted in a series of revolts that enveloped all of Europe, including uh, Prussia. Um, so at that time, Germany was a bunch of different states. And a lot of the different German states wanted the king of Prussia to become king of Germany. And so they revolted. In France, there was also revolts. And in Hungary, they revolted against Habsburg rule. Mm -hmm. And that's what I believe made the name of Aus the Austrian Empire become Austria-Hungary, or the mm -hmm. Austro-Hungarian Empire. Mm -hmm. From that time on, um, Hungary was kind of its own kingdom. It was sort of autonomous in the Austro-Hungarian Empire. And... Um, grew in power and influence in the empire, but they weren't really powerful enough to uh, be free of it. And so Austria was kind of leading the army of uh, Austria-Hungary was German. And if you know, Austria is a German-speaking country. So it was pretty much Austrian-dominated. Mm -hmm. So then they went into World War II, or World War One, sorry, and that was not a good war. Uh, Russia 
attacked and really battered the Austro-Hungarian Empire and eventually brought down the empire. It survived longer, actually, than the Russian Empire did, which was brought down by the Russian Revolution. But by the end of the war, it was a tired, ragged empire and wasn't able to keep itself together. And so uh, in the treaties that followed World War I, it, it was broken up into the Kingdom of Yugoslavia, which mm-hmm. incorporated Croats, Serbs, um, Macedonians, although Macedonians weren't really considered a people group at that time. They're, a lot of people consider them to be Bulgarians or Serbs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Slovenes, Croats, and Serbs. And um, that was the main different ethnicities in the kingdom. Then also Romania was given Transylvania. So Hungary lost uh, southern or northern Serbia and Transylvania. Then Czechoslovakia was made a state, and so they lost Slovakia. And then they also lost part of their kingdom to Hungary, or to Austria, sorry, uh, as the empire was completely destroyed. So in all, actually, Hungary, I believe, lost two-thirds of its entire kingdom to other countries, which was a hard blow, as you can yeah. imagine. After the First World War? After the First World War, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Were there Hungarian peoples living in that territory that was lost? Or? Yeah. Wow. Uh, so not, they became part of another country? Basically? Yes, but they weren't majorities. So the thing is, mm-hmm. is the Balkans is like a scrambled egg, sort of. There's basically any ethnicity that you can think of in the Balkans. Mm-hmm. They have some of their people in another country. Okay. Uh, so there's uh, several communities of Hungarians in northern Serbia. Mm-hmm. There's Hungarians in Croatia, I believe. There's a good community of uh, Hungarians in southern Slovakia, mm-hmm. which was Czechoslovakia at the time. Mm-hmm. And then there's a pocket of Hungarians in Transylvania, which mm-hmm. is part of Romania now. Right. So um, after the war, they were pretty hard hit, as you can imagine. Yeah. And... Um, and then, as World War II came closer, uh, Germany became a lot more friendly to them and had several different, uh, treaties that they did. One was called, they were called the event, or, uh, the Vienna Awards, where they gained part of Transylvania back. Mm. And during the war period, they gained part of northern Serbia back. And uh, southern Slovakia, which had a lot of uh, Hungarians and still does, I believe, today. Um, with that, too, uh, Croatia was freed from Yugoslavia, if you could call it freed exactly. Um, and so Hungary, or Hungary went through a time of growth. But once the Russians pushed back through, the land they had gained was taken and given back to the countries that um, it was taken from. Although countries like Romania did lose land and what's modern day uh, Moldova and part of Ukraine used to be part of Romania, which is uh, pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Hungary lost the lands they gained. And then after that, they were socialist until uh, the Soviet Union really fell apart. And then with that, uh, this thing they had made called the Warsaw Pact. Mm-hmm. which was the Eastern uh, Communist uh, European countries. 
Uh, and so, yeah, that's really most of the history of Hungary. Today, they're a pretty interesting country. They are trying to grow their population by paying people to have children. And um, their uh, national language is, of course, uh, Hungarian now, not Latin, mm-hmm. like in the Middle Ages. And it seems like they're doing fairly well, although, of course, they're still recovering from the tremendous shock that communism was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. So the Hungarian language, is it more Latin? Or No, it's part of, this is going to sound kind of weird. It's part of this um, language group called Finno-Ugrian. Yeah. Which sounds really weird. But uh, Finland and Hungarian, Hungarian, or Finnish and Hungarian, sorry, Mm -hmm. are pretty similar languages, and a lot of people think that they were a similar tribe that broke up into two different pockets. Yeah. One going south, one going north. And um, so it's in a separate uh, group, I guess you could say, of languages. Like its own language category? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so I hope that was interesting. Thank you for tuning in. Do you have any final thoughts? Well, I think it's really interesting. It'll be fun to watch what Hungary does going forward and what an amazing history it has. Yeah, it's a pretty long history considering most European countries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sounds like they've kind of tried every kind of government possible. Basically, yeah. Yeah. They've had monarchy. They've had... uh, Fascist dictatorship, republic, uh, communism. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. And yeah. what would they be considered now? A democracy? I or? believe they're um, a democratic republic. Okay. But I might be wrong, so don't like mm-hmm. take my... Yeah. Maybe we could double check that. Yeah. And report back. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone. Thank you. See you next time. <laughs>